Yeah. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> wow, that was really cool. Would you have to step over right there? <laughs> Don't expose me, Spencer. <laughs> well, I didn't even. Last week I exposed this for the the, the, co- the, the fraud even, coffee cup. Yeah, I didn't even bother this week. It's just water again. Yes, nice. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm you not need to switch lie. it up. Maybe <laughs> add some Kool Aid in there. <laughs> not coffee. I mean, oh it's, man! It's at the time we're recording this, it's three in the afternoon. I'm not gonna drink coffee at three in the afternoon. Why don't people drink Kool Aid anymore? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Whatever happened to Kool Aid? I, I, I don't know. That was amazing. I love Kool Aid. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure they still sell it at the store. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it, but I don't know. I, <laughs> Sorry, that was, <laughs> that was not what we were planning on talking about at all. I was just. Got me no, I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts on Kool Aid. Oh, uh, so I, 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 this is this is more important. I I say we go with this. Okay, yeah, let's talk about Kool Aid. So I love Kool Aid. Best thing, okay. like me and my brothers would be outside playing. We'd come in, have a glass of Kool Aid, or come back from school, have a glass yeah. of Kool Aid. It was the best. I think blue raspberry lemonade was the best. Ooh, it was. There's delicious. a lot going on there. Yeah, blue raspberry. Blue raspberry lemonade. That's yeah. like three flavors. Yeah, and the pink lemonade Kool Aid was really good. Um, but what, what we would do, shout out to my brother, uh, what <laughs> we would, go. he would always make the Kool-Aid and then w- me and my other brother, maybe not so much my youngest brother, uh-huh. we would drink it like all, and he wouldn't get my middle brother, the one who would make the Kool-Aid, uh-huh. he wouldn't get that much Kool-Aid. And then he'd be mad because he made it and we drank all of it. And then, but he would always be making it. It's like somebody else has to make it. I'm done making it. And then we wouldn't make Kool Aid because we just bank on him making Kool Aid. So eventually, he would give in and have to make the Kool Aid. So this is fascinating. He's, he, I don't know how I've never heard this before. <laughs> so he's he's held that against us for years. And, but to be fair, he would always fill up a giant cup of Kool Aid like to the top and then just leave it someplace and then wouldn't even Gross. drink it. Yeah. So gross. I mean, I. I'm I'm happy that you you share this affinity for Kool Aid. Yeah. I can't say I share the same affinity. <laughs> it's been a while since I, I've had some good Kool Aid. Yeah, I think I I'm not. This isn't a dig. Maybe the last time I had it was like twelve. Like I was yeah. twelve. Yeah. Like it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a while for me. Okay. Uh, my, my brother hasn't been around to make Kool Aid, so I'm not. <laughs> it was just basically we we kind of forced him into fascinating. Making it. Okay, so since we're on this Kool Aid topic, okay, top flavor, top flavor. Well, I think I'd go. With Blue, blue raspberry lemonade. Okay, not not the original. Nah, blue raspberry lemonade is. I, I don't know if there is an original. Is there an original? I, I just thought red, like <laughs> just red. Okay, I, guess. I just thought that just the flavor red. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I was it fruit punch. I don't know. I, I it might be fruit, it might be fruit punch. I'm uh, man, Kool Aid connoisseur over here. <laughs> that, that's a cool nickname, Kool Aid connoisseur. That's a mouthful, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like blue raspberry lemonade. Blue, blue raspberry lemonade is a lot. That is a lot. It is wild, the flavor combinations as they got further along. Yeah. I'm sure it did start off as, this is red, this is green. <laughs> and then people were like, I want to know more than what I'm drinking is just red. Just red, yeah, red, yeah. Just red. What, just, what are you drinking? Red. I, who knows, man? That's, it's wild to think about. Yeah. <laughs> the evolution of drink flavors. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, truly, well, that's fascinating because I never was a big Kool Aid guy growing up. <laughs> I thought you were gonna try to like that segue that into the topic. Oh, well, that's fascinating. <laughs> Just like our topic today. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The topic we have today is a is a real humdinger. It's a doozy. So, it's right. a doozy. But we'll. I don't know. Do you just want to go ahead and get into it? Let's let's hop. Well, into let's it. go ahead and get into it. <laughs> 
Well, welcome in, everybody, to this, I say special episode of Figuring It Out because every episode is special. Every because episode. you're here with us. That's what makes it special. Yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining Spencer and I. And today, as we said earlier, we have a real humdinger of a topic. I like that word, That's humdinger. Right. Humdinger. It wasn't yeah. one of our word of it the wasn't, days, but, but it could have been. It's, it's my word of, of the, the week. Of the, day. Of the, of the week. Okay. All the week. Yep. Humdinger. So, we have a humdinger of a topic here today, That's and right. it's talking about deconstruction in the Christian faith. Yes. We've seen this rise recently, and and kind of how to make faith your own yeah, in a healthy yeah. way, right? That's that's about the the broader topic. That's the broader faith topic. Your own, yeah. But what kind of spurred this on is kind of what I mean. You and I were talking, and you noticed this kind of rise in, I guess the the deconstruction language, the word being used in everyday conversations. Yeah, I, well, I was seeing a lot of it on social media, people talking about deconstruction and what it is. And at first I was like, it sounds kind of weird because I've heard of like a deconstructed, like people get a deconstructed hamburger or like a sandwich or something like that. So I was like, what is, what is this thing about deconstruction? Um, and so I was like kind of curious and I was looking into it. It kind of seemed like you're almost, like it almost seemed like a very bad thing. Yeah. Like the way people were talking about it. Some people were praising it. And it seemed like almost like risque, like as a risque Christian thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, it's a little edgy mm-hmm. uh, to almost like to take a step back and like kind of look at everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, al- it's almost like scary. A yeah. little bit of it is. Yeah. Um, because it's like, oh, shoot, like I'm like this is I'm you're putting it. Well, you're we'll questioning. You're, yeah. you're, you're questioning things that you previously held. To, like you previously believed in for so long and some event or something has come about where you're just like I I I just need, I need to question this I need to research I need to actually dig into what it is and as you were saying that I was looking up like a good definition of what we can define as when we say deconstruction what we're talking about uh, and this is what I found in one of the one of the articles I sent you because that's what we do. You know, yeah, we, yeah. we do our homework here on Figuring It Out. That's right. <laughs> but uh, it's, in the context of faith, deconstruction is the process of systematically dissecting and often rejecting the beliefs you grew up with. Sometimes Christians will deconstruct all the way into atheism. Some remain there, but others experience this reconstruction. This type of faith they end up embracing almost never resembles the former faith that they believed in, right? Okay. So when we say deconstruction, it's the idea of tearing down. Like, that's what deconstruct means. It's tearing down or picking apart what you previously held to believe in order to, I guess, find a better way forward. Yeah, so we should talk about the importance of making faith your own, I think. Okay. Like, why is it important to do that? Because that's the reason for a lot of the deconstruction, I think. Right. Like, right. why one would want to deconstruct is to make faith your own. And so yeah. I think it's, I've, like, I've always heard that, like, you know, growing up, oh, you need, faith needs to be your own. Like, it's because, you know, you grow up, if you grow up in a Christian household, you're with, it's kind of like your what your parents tell you, and you're just taking right. that for, like, that's what it is. That's what right. I, that's what I believe. Um, and then once you get to a certain part in life, like it just needs, it needs to, because that's how it all starts for us, but it needs to become like, okay, this is what I believe. And it's not like an right. easy process. Right. Because like, oh yeah, that's just what I've known. Like mm-hmm. how, am I, how else am I supposed to differentiate? Mm-hmm. But I think through experiences and um, for me anyways, like just seeing how like God has worked in my life and mm-hmm. um, how he just kind of, you know, I 
personally, I spent some time away, like yeah. from God. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just seeing how He brought me back and uh, how that kind of just changed my life, um, yeah. and being able to see that firsthand was kind of like how I kind of started to make faith my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also this deconstruction process, mm-hmm. um, and so it's like I guess that is essentially what we do. Where we just kind of I don't know. Can you walk us yep. through that a little bit? I think in in a lot of Christian circles, people are so quick to reject the idea of deconstructing, yeah. right? Deconstructing faith, which I like for good reason. It's scary. Like it's there are a lot of parents who have like kids have walked away from the church because of this result of deconstruction. I, I mean, we were talking about this before, but I mean, the the lead singer of Skillet just came out and said, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know the lead the Christian band Skillet, but I loved Skillet growing yeah. up. <laughs> but um, that is so it's. Is it something we should embrace? I think yes and no. I think it's important to take what we've held, what we've been taught critically, and look at it with an objective point of view. I mean, deconstruction, I think what a lot of people miss is it's a natural part of life. When you're younger, you learn the sky is blue. But is the sky actually blue? No, it's not. It's the light reflecting off of the ocean, right? And the ocean is blue. Mm -hmm. That's what primarily makes the sky blue. But when we're taught, when we're younger, we're taught that, hey, sky is blue, grass is green, right? Even though, like, grass is green, like, I'm not saying, <laughs> but, uh, but that's just an example, right? And so we have to deconstruct our understanding once, once we get into the field of science and the study of science that are, like, the sky is blue. The same thing is true in Christianity. Yeah, just, like, critically thinking, like, actually, like, right. intentionally thinking about what do I believe and why do I believe it. Right is what we should all do because right. it should be our beliefs. It should be like, yes, I just like you believe anything else. If like whether that's behind like a movement or behind like I don't know, a certain thing. Like if you gotta stand behind it, you actually have to like believe it. Right. And actually like understand uh what you believe. Right. So what can bring the cause this is like this is a wave that's been really prominent in the last I'd say five years of yeah. Christianity. And this is something you and I have experienced, like coming out of college in the past five years. So what can kind of bring this about, this idea or this mindset of deconstructing your faith? What can bring that about? Hmm. Let's see. Well, I'm going to throw it back to you because we were talking about this. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I may have be able to come up with something, but I was like, I don't really know. Uh-huh. And you had some good, you had some good yeah. topics. So. Why don't you go ahead? I'll, <laughs> I'll pass that right back Answer over to you. My own question. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, well, I guess in my head, what can kind of bring that about is looking at what we see in Scripture and looking at what we see in the world and seeing how the two don't exactly line up, right? Mm. Like in Scripture, sometimes we look at the Bible and we have this ideal picture of faith in Christianity that in the church, there's never going to be squabbles. There's never going to be... Like, people are never going to disagree. People in the church are never going to do really bad things. They shouldn't. Like, that's that's true. Should people in the church, should church leaders do really bad things? Absolutely not. Like, but the reality of the world we live in is that church leaders are just as fallen and broken as the rest of us, mm-hmm. right? Like, church leaders are not exempt from the temptations facing each and every one of us in our day-to-day lives. And so sometimes it's hard to look at what is going on behind the scenes of a church or in the life of one particular church leader or the fall of a big like Christian celebrity 
it's hard to look at that and then look at scripture and be like, is this, is this real? Is this true? So there's this disconnect. Also, personal experiences and traumas can yeah. bring that about, um, as well as like looking and learning more about <laughs> the world and creation. The more we learn about science, the more it causes us to scratch our heads, yeah. right? And that's my thing is that shouldn't be a bad thing, right? We shouldn't be so quick to jump and oppose that. We should be able to to be secure enough in ourselves to stop, look at it critically, and walk through this process of breaking down the, I guess, things that don't line up with Scripture. Right? Yeah, and I, I was going to say that one, science, um, because like— you hear something in, like growing up in public school for me, I heard basically everything was right. contra- contradictory to what my parents had told me. I was like, right. I don't know really what to what to know, what to believe. Um, so I think that can definitely throw us for a loop. But I think on, like you're saying, on one end, some people are, some Christians are like, no, science is, we have to just exclude all science. There can't, science isn't whatever. Yeah. It's a bunch of nonsense. Mm-hmm. But I think the weekday didn't that the weekday did an episode yeah, on science, on faith and, and science, faith and science, which we're can, gonna link that in the descriptions down there. Yes, we're gonna link that in the description, so you'll be able to you'll be able to see that video. Because um, the weekday is a really good podcast. So, yes. <laughs> um, but I think another thing that can bring about this idea of deconstruction as well is coming out of very conservative Christian circles. Um. I think because some some very conservative Christian circles are very they they're very skeptical of any modern science or public science that comes out, which it's not bad to be skeptical about them, but it's bad to shield people or children or like it's like it's bad to shield shield people from like digging into the facts, right? Right. That makes but, sense. Yeah, but like the two can exist at the same time. That's what science I'm saying. Faith, that yeah. that that's what I'm saying yeah. is like, but we've kind of, in a sense, polarized the two to opposite sides and said it's either science or faith. Yeah, yeah. Without saying, oh, wait, it, it can be both, right? Um, and so I think one one thing that we can look at in this, like, deconstru- this wave of deconstructing faith is, and like, one common idea is to throw out everything that we've learned to be true in the past in the name of deconstructing. And I don't, I don't really think that's as helpful. I don't think it's helpful just to just to chuck everything we've been through because our our life experiences, what we've grown up, but even what we've been taught in school, like that informs the pre- like the way we presently make decisions. So I think it's in that sense the deconstructionist movement of faith is is wrong. Throwing out everything yeah. that we've once believed, I don't think we can just common expression throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't think we can just chuck everything out. No, I think that's like an easy way to be like, ah, this is too hard. I don't want to. I don't want to have to, hmm. like okay. religion wise or relationship wise. They'd be like, ah, you know what? Or like, if you're upset about something, it's like I'm just tossing it out, hmm. out the window. You know, I think it's. Now I don't know if there's like a direct process of it where it's like, all right, is it down time to deconstruct? Yeah, like, exactly. it's not, I don't, I don't think, think it's like that. I no. think it's more of like you have. I think if we're talking about a right and wrong way and you know, I don't know for sure, but like if you sit down and you're like, okay, here's something that I have a question about that I'm a little unsure about. Mm-hmm. And you sit down and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, see what the Bible says, see what I believe. Mm-hmm. If, if I believe what the Bible says is true, then okay. Right. And 
You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not like a, just a sit down, take care of all of it. It's, it's not like issue. But if you have a question, yeah. you take care of it. It's not like a broad category that you can just kind of lop yourself into and say, like you said, sit down today. I'm deconstructing. <laughs> like it's it's not that cut and dry. And that's why I said like a lot of like personal traumatic experiences, sadly sometimes coming even out of the church, like cause people to sit back and question, like is this is this really true? And I think. It's so it's not wrong to, to chuck everything out, but it is, it's good. And what we should do as Christians is we should be constantly open to, to learning critiques of our position, right? Yeah. I think that's good in any, like, even like in school. That's a good thing that like teachers train you to do. They train you to know an opposing viewpoint so that you can further solidify your beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need to do. We need yeah. to, we need to talk with people who, we don't agree with. We need to talk with people who are, who have deconstructed and who have walked away from the faith altogether. We need to talk to people of other other faiths to understand the way they view the world, and maybe how the way we view the world is is different, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a good start in a in a way to healthy healthily deconstruct. Yeah, to kind of uh, to just understand what you believe and why you believe it. Mm-hmm. So I think. That's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. I don't think it stops there, though. I think another wave or another thing that really comes up and what we see around us is, and I wrote it down, it reject every, it's, it's the pendulum idea, right? So we either fully embrace deconstruction and we completely reject everything we've, we've known to believe, or we reject deconstruction completely and take it all on faith. Yeah, because I've I've heard that. Have you heard that? Have you uh, heard that come I have up? not heard that. Okay, I've heard people. It's it's kind of like the idea of science and faith. They don't go together. It's science okay. or faith, right? Yeah. And so it's like no, oh, makes sense. Yeah, we're embracing faith. We're rejecting the the modern wave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I don't think that's exactly right. No, uh, because I think faith is we we primarily come to understand who God is in in conversation with him and in conversation with others, right? And if we don't talk with others about faith and even like how the church has understood faith in in Christ for years, like hundreds and thousands of years, then what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like how our society has been in the past like couple of years where it's like, I'm either on this side or this side. I'm not going to listen to anything that the other side has to say. And you get stuck in kind of this, like, I only believe like this much because that's all I'm going to believe. I'm not going to open my mind to anything else. Right. Um, And so you can get stuck there, but then you can see other, if you allow yourself to be open to, you know, more things, you might learn something new like about whether that's in society or whether that's about, god and how he works and like oh this person told me this like i didn't know that before because we do not know everything about no god. we don't and if we just hold to ourselves like we're not going to hear what other people have experienced we haven't shared all the same experiences you know right and i think this kind of gets into an interesting conversation about like about doubt and faith and mm. the relationship between the two right okay. it, like it's okay to doubt yeah and i think that's one of the heart like that's one of the the emotions behind or the the feelings or the thoughts behind deconstruction is like, hey, I'm having doubts. And oftentimes, I'll just say it, like, I mean, we both work for a church and this is on a, a church page. But 
we as the church, I don't think, have done a good job embracing doubt okay. and embracing skepticism of Christianity and embracing real, like, philosophical or practical objections to Christianity. Like, I know we, we've talked a lot about, like, if God is so good, why does evil exist? Yeah. Like, that's that's a real question. Yeah. Like, that's something that real people wrestle with. So how does how does the church embrace that or how do they how do they do a better job hmm that's a good that's a good question (laughs) i think it's it's making space for disagreement okay i think it's coming to the point of saying hey this is what i know to be true i know that i know that god exists even if i can't see him even if i can't feel him at times i know he exists and I know from his word that he is good. And I know that he loves his creation. He loves humanity. He breathed his literal breath of life into us. He wouldn't do that if he didn't love us. And because I know that, I can embrace some, some of the tough questions that make me doubt. But that's the foundation, right? Yeah. And if you want to question, like, if God exists, sure, go do that. But again... Don't throw out the idea that God exists. Don't come at it from a subjective standpoint and say, like, oh, I'm just going to reject everything that I knew to be true before, and then I'm going to make God prove to me he exists. Because the reality is God can do whatever he wants because he's God. He's, he's, the, highest, he's the highest good. He's the highest power in the universe. But he oftentimes doesn't speak like he did in the Old Testament, yeah. right? He doesn't oftentimes speak in clouds clouds of fire or cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. He oftentimes doesn't speak like that. I think it's important for us as the church to create a space to, to talk openly about serious reservations for Christianity and serious shortcomings of Christians in the past, mm-hmm. right? What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I think I think that's good. <laughs> I, when I asked the question, that was like a genuine question because, like, I don't know how does it how I, does the church I, do that? I know you're a genuine, person. <laughs> but yeah, like that's I think that's the biggest thing I see. Okay, that we as the church need to do to to kind of embrace this, embrace the doubter, embrace the people who are are questioning. Right? Yeah, and it's it's okay. Like in that question where it's like, I don't know how the church is supposed to do that. It's okay to not know some things. Yeah, and that's just how it's gonna be. Like. Um, we're talking about the examples of things that we just can't know. Like right. I know a lot of Christians and scientists debate how old the earth is. No one is ever going to be able to truly know. No one's ever going to be able to truly know because there's also a debate on how many days the earth was actually right. created. It, talk, it says in the Bible that it took six days and seventh day was for rest. Was it actual people debate? Was it literal? Was it metaphorical? Yeah, exactly. Was it literary? Yeah. And it's like we can debate that all day long, but no one actually knows. And so part of it is just like uh, this simplicity of faith that I really like, hmm. where it's like, okay, we can't know that, but I believe what God says is true. And I believe that Jesus died for my sins. So it's like, all right, I believe it. Like, right. I may not know these things, or I may not know these certain details that we could debate but not truly know um and it's like at some point um you can you know learn all this stuff you can learn all this information and listen to as many podcasts read as many 
books about the Bible, uh, about science, about whatever. Right. Um, talk to as many pastors as you want, but ultimately you have to take, it has to be you that has to take that leap of faith in the end, mm. whether you believe it or not. And yeah. it's like, do I want to believe this? Okay, yes, I do. And right. um, it's, I wonder if it kind of lines up with that choice of like love, where it's mm. like how love is kind of like you have to choose. Like I want to love. Oh, like, you know like I mean? when, you, when you marry a person, it's yeah. not just... It's not all sun. Like you have to choose to love that person yeah. each and every day. Okay, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I wonder. If that's there's some connection there. I yeah, and I think, I think, the Bible gives a, a great showing of confidence that, and God really could have just wrote everything down. He could have list. He wrote. He could have written down a list that said, "Do this. Don't do this. Like, don't do that. Do that." Which there are places like that in the Bible, but the overall Bible is a story. And I think that speaks to something that God writes himself into our story, right? Into the story of humanity. He, he started, he's the author of the play, so to speak. But he wrote himself into the, our story. He came to us, and that's what, that's what Christianity is. And to me, that's why Christianity presents the best case, the, the Christian worldview, if you want to use that, that phrase. It creates the best understanding of life existence and the the good life Mm -hmm. the the ultimate fullness of life yeah i don't see many other worldviews posing that okay but again i i'm always open to to learn more um but i think the beauty of faith is that god comes to us god meets us in our doubt in our brokenness in our shame and he makes us new in christ right and it's by faith in that, it's by, because we're not, we could, we have good historical evidence that Jesus actually rose from the dead, his body's not there, but at the end of the day, it comes down to a personal decision, like you yeah. said, right? Like, we have to stay, we have to choose, life or death, do we stake our lives on this, or do we kind of just go our own way, Yeah, and do what we want to do? Mm-hmm. And that's where I've, for me, um where I found it's like, all right, well, I've tried doing things my own way. Hmm. It doesn't go very well. I haven't found much satisfaction in that. But where you go, when I've walked with Jesus, like I found like more joy in hmm. life, more peace in life, um, and like that closeness. You you can literally feel closeness, I think, with God, hmm. um, and you can feel separation too. Yeah. Um, and so the, the the closeness with God is so much better, and hmm. in, in that life. Um, so what, what distance. is kind of off topic, kind of rabbit hole here? What does, I guess, what does that closest look like? Ooh, well, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's almost just like a feeling almost. I don't know how to describe mm. it, but it's yeah. like, you, I can always feel when I haven't been close with God for like what I'm talking about closest, like in time in prayer, time spending, reading his word. Um, when I haven't been doing that, I kind of feel like this distance and it's just like, but I can I feel like something's missing, you know, hmm. and it's like. But when I'm spending time in that with him, um, then I'm kind of feeling like you were saying, like almost like this fullness of like hmm. I don't know. It's weird. It's a uh, weird to describe. But I think that's a good question because I think a lot of people they hear that they're like, oh yeah, that's what I want, but they don't feel that. So their their feeling doesn't line up yeah, with yeah. kind of what all like the Christian world is saying, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I think something that helps, I don't know if you found this too, but when I feel closest with God is when I feel motivated to look outward outside mm. of myself, right? Yeah. To not just kind of 
stay collapsed in my own little like spiritual bubble. Yeah. But like actually it motivates me to love others hmm. and to, to give of myself to others. Yeah. And I know that that's not me. And I know I'm not doing it because like I want, I want to check off a box or I want God to be happy or I don't want a lightning bolt thrown down <laughs> at me, which is, that's a ludicrous way to think and live. Mm-hmm. And anybody who says that's Christianity, I'm like, that's, I don't believe that. <laughs> that's not what I believe. Yeah. I've seen God through the power of the Holy Spirit transform the way that I, I walk, I talk, I think, um, what I love to do. And ultimately it gets down to helping others understand who God is, right? Mm-hmm. That for me, that's a good marker is that it it's causing me to look outside of myself. Okay. It's not causing me to look inward and focus on am I the most comfortable? Am I am I the best? Am I am I the most the most well liked? Hmm. It, but it's like, okay, how I'm more attuned to the needs of others around me. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like being able to encourage others or love right. love others. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So I think to kind of <laughs> put a bow on okay. so we would say that deconstruction the idea of deconstruction isn't total bad thing right yeah there are right and wrong ways to go about it kind of like with everything mm-hmm. right but it's important that the goal of deconstruction is not to completely abandon christianity yeah the goal of deconstruction is to know who god is more and more each day with each passing moment mm-hmm. and through the process of genuinely questioning our faith and it's and another thing. Let me just go back to like a thing that I think the church can do. Okay, is create a culture of que- like asking questions, right? Embracing asking questions, like critical questions. Questions aren't a bad thing, right? I think sometimes we are oftentimes afraid to ask questions in in the church, but I think a, a healthy church is the one who embraces those questions. It says, "Oh, I don't know. Let's figure it out together." I think. I think that's a good thing yeah, too. Yeah, but I so. like I guess what we can do as the church is we can create that environment and embrace the doubter and allow Jesus to work in and through our doubts. For sure. For sure. <laughs> that's it. That's good. <laughs> good stuff. That's all folks. Yes. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us here. We would love to know your thoughts. And as we say, always you can throw your questions in the comments. We would love to connect with you and talk about I, I guess this idea of deconstruction, or if you if you think we're wrong, we would love to hear that as well, too. We love that. But hey, until next time, we love you guys. We'll see you soon. See ya. Hey, everybody. This is Austin from Figuring It Out with Austin and Spencer, and we release episodes on Thursdays, and we would love to connect with you. You can watch either on YouTube or anywhere that you can download or listen to a podcast. We are on there as well. And we would love to connect with you and figure things out with you. So join us on Thursdays for Figuring It Out with Austin and Spencer.